Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi. Good morning, everybody. It's Sunday morning. So thank you so much. This is Harriet Kimmick with Down to Earth. And today we're talking about, because it's Sunday, we're talking about faith. And we're talking about jealousy and how jealousy prevents us from being good people. Jealousy prevents us from being good brothers and good sisters, good friends, good co-workers, good bosses, good bosses, good leaders. And jealousy prevents us from being even being good uh, Christians. So we're going to unwrap that and try to wrap our minds around what is jealousy, where it comes from. Why did it appear in the human psyche? And how it's really preventing us from moving forward as a people. It's amazing to me because uh, I, like most of us, have lived on this earth long enough and we've all experienced jealousy in one form or another. And because we have, jealousy tends to add to our experience. And for most people, jealousy just seems to be something. So it's amazing to me. I've never met anyone who hasn't encounter jealousy and jealousy has also defined uh some of our existences so today on our show we're going to wrap our minds around what is jealousy and unravel it for all of us so that at the end of this you'll have a better understanding of not just what jealousy is but how to combat it how to identify it so that you can be aware and that if you do encounter it what to do the scripture in Titus chapter 3 reminds us that based on Jesus' example, we should still do good even to those who hate us, even to those who have used jealousy against us. We should still do good to them. Is that relevant? Is that something that even the best of us on our best day can pursue? So we're going to look at that. Meanwhile, today, Sunday, is the Pro Bowl. Not much is going to happen. There's not a great deal of it's just celebratory and ceremonial more than it is anything else. But it reminds us that football season is drawing to a close because it's almost spring. In some parts of the country, it feels like spring. I remember when I lived in central Florida, by the first week of February, the azelas would pop out. That's how you knew it was spring. The azelas would pop out and you could plant your flowers and the flowers would start popping out here in the Midwest. Not not so well. <laughs> it's white out on the ground. <laughs> and it probably is going to be white for another couple of days. And then after the whiteness goes away, there will be water left behind. <laughs> Luckily this year, we haven't had so much snow, so I don't anticipate there the flooding in parts of the Midwest that traditionally flood after a snow season. But it is what it is. But... So will I be watching the Pro Bowl? Probably not. I have some stuff on Netflix that I'm caught up in. So I'm more likely to be caught up in that and watching that than I am to be watching the Pro Bowl. But guess what? I have news for you. Come next Sunday. Say next Sunday. Next Sunday will be Super Bowl, and I think I'll be wearing red because the Kansas City Chiefs came back from nothing to win their chance at the AFC to head to the Super Bowl, and I like it the whole country. You notice mainstream media is not even talking about it. Mainstream media has, they, you know, they kind of have their own prejudices. The talking heads on ESPN, anybody watches that? You all watch SportsCenter, right? I don't. But I can just imagine, right, because I don't see it being talked about. They're not touting it because it's none of their favorite players, none of their favorite teams. They tend to like the superstars. They don't see athleticism as being athleticism. They see performance as opposed to athleticism. And grit and grind is not being celebrated, right? That's my spin on it. (laughs) That's how I see it. So next Sunday will be the Super Bowl. And boy, am I looking forward to a good game. A good game that will bring the season to an end. So hopefully 
If anyone is watching from the Detroit Lions organization, please, please, for the love of God, next season, bring us an AFC championship. Would that be too much to ask? <laughs> we, we, we don't get that in this part of the country. I mean, the Lions, it's kind of like, well, yeah, they have the most loyal fan base. It's incredible. I suppose they're envied a bit, wouldn't you say? I suppose. So this morning, it's Sunday morning, and many folks traditionally would be getting ready for church. Many people would be walking into the house of God, or there are people even now who probably are getting ready for service or who are returning from service. Some people went in for early service, early mass, right? It's amazing to me as I drive throughout the country and I see church structures, and buildings that were former houses for Christian worship, how those are lying dormant and empty. And it speaks to an emptiness in our society. Good morning, right? And it speaks to an emptiness in our society. <laughs> Wake and baking. <laughs> oh, what are you baking? Don't, don't say that, because you know I like bake, home-baked stuff, so don't tell me you're baking. What, what am I going to do with it? <laughs> right? One of my viewers is telling me they're baking. Like, it just stopped me right there. Because, you know, I'm going to bake brownies later. I plan to bake brownies this evening after dinner. So now you're baking. You're probably baking something that's smelling up the house. Uh, anyway, let me stop. <sighs> focus. <laughs> let us focus. But, you know, it's amazing to me as I look, drive through the countryside, and I drive throughout the country, I see all these buildings that are empty, and I'm saying to myself, there is an emptiness in our hearts and an emptiness in our spirits, where our spirit lies. We are, after all, dichotomous. You know, we are mind, body, and spirit. Our soul is the same place where our spirit lies. Our spirit determines where our soul goes to, right? And in our soul is, is our, our ability to make this, this uh, decisions. That's where our emotions reside. And our decision-making comes from, right? And so I find that we perhaps are empty at the switch because churches are empty. But it's not just the churchgoers who are responsible. It's also the people who are the leaders of the churches. They, too, have a role to play. And perhaps they have not done, we all have not done our part in attracting and retaining people by converting them with the message, the message of Jesus Christ is still powerful and strong and resonates to this day. After all, when you look at other world religions, their message is thousands of years old, just as Christianity is. Christianity has seen its fair share of upheaval over time, its fair share of adaptation and modernization, like everything else in life. But in today's world, especially in America, that prides itself on being a Christian country, sometimes our actions don't necessarily reflect that. Our actions definitely, most of the time, do not reflect the teachings of Jesus Christ. I myself have sat on my couch watching the evening news and wondered, where did that Christianity come from? I have seen people who say they're Christian leaders. I have seen them say things and do things that it makes me question which Christianity they're talking about because it doesn't resemble the one I have read about and the one that I try to follow. And in the same way that I question it, there are others who are looking at their actions and saying, I don't want any part of that because that looks utterly selfish. And if I have to deal with selfishness on my job and be confronted by selfishness in my relationships, then I have to come and deal with utter selfishness from people who purport to be Christian, then I don't need this. Do you see what I'm saying? And so I wanted to examine this and to show that what you might see practiced is not reflective of what Jesus taught. It's not reflective of what Christianity was founded on. It's not reflective of where we should be. So I want to tell you what the scriptures say, because as usual, you go to the book. Just like in history, you want to know what, the, what history says about an event, you go to a book. The book is the authority. Well, for Christians and those who practice Christianity, the Bible is that book. The Bible is that authority. 
if you were teaching me English literature or Russian literature, if I were to come to your class, you would bring me to a series of books, right? You would show me what Russian literature or English literature or Greek literature is. If you were teaching me anthropology or Greek mythology, you would take me to a book. Well, I'm going to take you to a book called the Bible. That is where the foundings and the teachings of Jesus Christ are taught in. The Bible is a conglomeration of the Old and New Testament. So the Old Testament, as we call it, just for those who don't know, contains the teachings of what happened before Christ, the advent before Christ, and why it was necessary to send a Savior to help us human beings to reflect more the God-like nature. God, like the rest of us, the Bible says we are made in the image of God. If we're made in the image of God, then God has various parts of his nature, just like we do. There are parts of our nature that are good. There are parts of our nature that discipline our children, discipline our family members, discipline and act in different ways. Well, God is, we're made like him, so he has different parts of his nature. So just like any parent, he's going to shepherd us and guide us to truth. How we walk that journey is up to us. You can do it the easy way. Or you can do it the hard way. It's up to us. It's a choice we make. So I want to take you to the scriptures in the book of Titus, chapter 3. And uh, for those of us who read the Bible, Titus is like in the New Testament. So it's kind of like one of those scriptures where you are like, it really exists? Actually, it does. And Titus is one of those guys who... uh, Probably I'm going to have to uh, enlarge this to read it, but Titus is one of those people who, he was a follower of Jesus, and he was one of the disciples, and he made his transition. So he recorded what he learned so that we uh, we can know. So the scripture that I found that speaks to my my mind today is Titus chapter 3. So here we go. In Titus chapter 3 and 3, and I think I have the New King James Version, it says, which was printed in the year 2000, so the modern King James Version sounds a little different, and it says, For we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, that word malice, jealousy, hateful and hating toward one another. But when the kindness and the love of God was reflected toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness. You know how people like to say I'm good because I do good works, but which we always have and done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing and regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. In one other translation, it describes it as this. Jesus went about doing good deeds to teach us an example of how to be good even to the people who hated him the most. So I want to ask you today, how jealousy, has jealousy prevented you from being a good person? Has jealousy prevented you from being a good Christian? Has jealousy prevented you from being a good parent, a good friend, a good lover, a good cousin, a good brother, a good sister, a good boss, a good neighbor? Has jealousy prevented us from being good. The scripture here clearly talks about jealousy and envy and how destructive it is. As a matter of fact, if you were to look up scriptures on jealousy, it's replete with connotations to how jealousy can destroy the human spirit. And what we have done over time is that we don't even realize how much jealousy has impacted our decision-making. We started learning jealousy early, very early, real early as kids. We started looking at our siblings, and we looked at if mom and dad treated them different than they treated us. Did my sister or my brother get a bigger toy, a nicer toy? Does my neighbor who lives next door, who has nothing to do with my existence, they drive a better car, their parents buy them nicer stuff, and jealousy is developed. As we grow up, we become jealous of our friends even at school. Come on now, it's the truth. They get to go on vacations, we don't. They get to wear nicer stuff, we don't. So you start plotting ways to steal. 
In some extreme cases, people have become so destructive as a result of jealousy. It's kind of like, if I can't have it, you're not going to have it. Have you ever seen people like that? I call it the make and break people. If they can't have it, they're going to break it. Anything, they can, a jealous person is manifested as such. If they can't have it, they're going to break it. If, you, if they can get the promotion that you're going to get, that you're going to get, they're going to sabotage you so that you don't get it. That's those kinds of people. The same kind of people who will sleep with your husband, sleep with your potential boyfriend, so because they can't get it, they're going to prevent you from getting it. It happens all the time. You ever heard women say, I found my best friend, my husband with my best friend? That's extreme cases of jealousy. One of the most famous cases is Prince William of England. His wife's best friend, he was sleeping with his wife's best friend. The woman wore her hair and dressed like Kate. And then she got into bed with Kate's husband. That's extreme jealousy. I don't know if she's alive and breathing because if it were me, she would, it, it's a testament to her nature that she's still alive and breathing. Right? But that's jealousy. You want what the other person has. And because you can't get it, you're going to break it. So she couldn't get the man. So what she was going to do was break it and separate Kate from the man because he was not going to marry her. She was wishing upon a star. That was not going to happen, right? Jealousy is extreme. We're seeing jealousy in Meghan Markle, the young American actress who married Prince Harry of Great Britain. The jealousy rose up in the press, the British tabloids and the press, and amongst the people that how dare Harry choose an American and a biracial American at that to sit on the throne of England to be with the royal family. They went absolutely crazy and the jealousy rose up. And Harry took steps to make sure his wife is hidden from public view. Because that was the same jealousy that killed his mother. His mother, Diana, was a celebrated princess. She was pretty and she was charismatic. She could get the crowds to like her and the people to like her. They envied her, her charisma, and her looks. And when they set about in the palace, when she said, no, I'm not having what you want. I'm not having your foolishness towards me. Some, they rose up against her. She ended up dying because the press pursued her relentlessly. Jealousy is powerful, and you've got to be careful of this. Because a lot of people in our intimate circles, all of us are prone to having jealous people around you. Raise your hand if you've ever seen them act out. Like I kid you not, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? He wanted what his dad had, all the power. It's easy to see that, right? Somebody's asking if King James, who slept with his, his wife, was he envious of his dad? Heck yeah. He wanted what his, the power that his dad had. He wanted what his dad had, so he got into bed in the most intimate space to dethrone his dad. That's clear. All of us are privy to having jealous people around us. You might look at yourself and you might think, well, I don't have anything that they want. That's not true. There's something about you that someone dearly wishes that they could be just like you. And they will go to great lengths to do it. People have adopted people's hairdo. We look at it and think it's flattery. You know that saying that says uh, imitation is the most sincere form of flattery? You got to be careful with that. Because what the person is doing is emulating you. And if they're emulating you, that means they want to replace you. You have to be very, very careful. You live next door to someone. And just because you buy a new car for two years and you get to go on vacation and you wear different clothes because you have different styles, they will become jealous. A few years ago, one of my, my mother's daughters, my youngest sister, stole all of my clothes. Like I kid you not, stole all of my clothes. It was a reflection of the extreme form of jealousy that she had. And I didn't see it as such. I just saw it as a wicked thing. But it was an aunt who pointed it out to me. She said she wants to be like you. She doesn't have the style that you have. And so she took your clothes because she wanted to have your style. She said that's all that it was. She was just envious of your style. So she took all of your clothes in an effort to just replicate your style. 
jealousy is extreme. But what that act of jealousy did was that because I didn't view it that way, because that's not how it landed, it destroyed a relationship between me and her. Jealousy is destructive. Let me, let me give you a, a biblical example. Remember Jesus and Judas. Now, if Jesus was the son of God at the time, as he said he was, we now know that it is. But at the time when Jesus was saying it, there was no proof. They didn't have the living example yet because he was still amongst them, right? So when Jesus said that and he performed miracles, it was convincing to the people in his inner circle. They knew that. Right? Even if the people on the outer periphery and the outer rim didn't see it or the general public, they knew. But Jesus, so Jesus foreknew that Judas was going to betray him. But he wanted to set an example for us. And I must admit that I have failed that example many times over. But as the Bible says, we have all sinned. Right? I need to, uh, you know, fall up. Right? But Jesus knew about Judas. And he still allowed Judas to come in. Right? And he knew Judas was going to betray him. Judas was just jealous. He was a jealous dude. He just looked at this dude, grew up with him. They hung out, you know, they all went to the same school together, kind of. And now you're going to claim to be the son of God. You used to be a carpenter. I used to run around with you in the, in, in the wilderness and in the forest. And now you you are the son of God, and all these people are bowing down to you. Hmm. I'm gonna fix you and show you. That's what happened with Judas and Jesus, and we gotta be careful of that because a lot of us have people in our circles who do stuff like that. A lot of us have people around us you are not even aware of it. They smile in your face all the while, wanting to take your place. You've heard the saying. They smile in your face, but then they're plotting to stab you in the back. You remember the story of Brutus and Caesar? Caesar thought Brutus was his friend, his companion, someone whom he could trust until he stabbed him so he could take over the reins of control. You've got to be careful about jealousy. You have to learn to identify. Well, how do you identify jealousy? I'm going to tell you right now, sometimes the most jealous people around you are the ones who smile with you the most. You have to be so discernful and be so astute to see through the jealousy. Some people who are wealthy and famous surround themselves with an entourage. Included in that are a lot of haters. We call jealous people today haters. So instead of calling them Judas, we call them haters, right? So a lot of people surround themselves with a lot of people, and they feel it makes them feel important. Yeah. And in that group, there are more haters than there are people on your side. And those very same people, they're there, but, you know, it's satisfy your ego. You have a crowd. You have a tribe. You have an entourage of people around you. They celebrate you. They go before you. They're the town criers and the hype crowd, the hype squad. Yeah? And they make noise for you, but all the while, they're giving you the side eye. They're looking under their eyes at you. Hmm, you think you are something. Right? You've got to be careful about people. And some people are very skilled. Most people are very skilled at hiding their jealousy. It's snide. We sometimes we refer to it with a B word. Right? But often it's very snide. It's hidden. Those are the people you have to watch the most. They say they're going to help you do something. Anybody ever had that? They say they're going to help you. But when the time comes, if what they're going to help you with is going to promote you, and put you in a better light than them, don't expect them to support you because they're not. They'll make promises forever and then they never come through. That's jealousy. And I'll kid you not, in the face of truth, they can't hide their jealousy. They can't hide the fact that they're so extremely jealous of you, they can't hide it. Some people's jealousy looks like admiration. Are you seeing the different styles of jealousy here? I hope you're listening because it's real. Some people's jealousy looks like admiration. Wow, you're such a great person. Wow, you did that. Be careful. It's jealousy masked as admiration. You have to know how it lands on you to be careful of that person. Your neighbor next door, the neighbor across the street, you just bought a car. And they come over, whoa, 
the latest model and so on. Be careful. Thank you. Keep it moving. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. One of the things I have learned is don't display your process. Don't tell people how you arrive at your conclusion. Don't tell people how you paid for it, how you got it, because it might not work for them, but invariably they're jealous. Many of us grew up with people and we have excelled beyond their wildest dreams. We're the ones who are at the forefront. And you see them, especially now with social media. Social media has connected us and made the world a much smaller place. So everybody now can go into Facebook and look up somebody whom they went to school with. And when they see you from afar, they're like, hey, hey, girl, hey, dude, you look good. And this is going on for you. Be very careful. Some people, are you listening to me? Are you listening? There are some people who are on assignment. They're assigned to you. They put themselves in a place where they literally are in your face. They're the only voices that you hear. And sometimes you're so surrounded by jealous people, you don't know who to trust. You don't know what to hear, so you start listening to one person, and over time, you just need to give them time, my friend. You will see their motives will become clear. After a while, things won't add up. You ever notice that? You have some people who, whenever you discuss your future plans with them, you ever notice nothing ever comes out of those plans? You ever had some friends who, when you tell them this is your next move that you're going to make, you ever notice that they dis- they discourage you? You ever had those people? Come on, talk to me, right? Best to trust nobody. Be very careful, right? Smiling in your face all the time. They want to. Absolutely. Your neighbor only speaks when she's talking. <laughs> Folks, you're all tripping me up this morning, right? But do you see what I'm saying? There are people who will smile in your face all the time. You've got to be careful. Listen to what they're saying. So here you go. Man, I have this dream. I have this plan. I'm going to do this. You know, I'm going to do that. And you, you're displaying your process. Don't tell them your process. Just tell them the conclusion after it's done. But don't tell them how you do it, how you come by it, how you're going to make it. Don't do that. Because guess what they do? They take your process and they go and replicate it and then laugh behind your back and get together with the people whom you know. A girl did that to me about a year ago. She, I introduced her to the people I knew. She went behind my back and organized with the people I introduced her to to advance herself. Maybe she saw me on a pedestal. She wanted to get on my pedestal. She thought that if she landed in the same role, that she, she desired respect. She desired recognition and respect. To me, that's prideful. Do you see what I'm saying? You've got to be careful about your own motives. A lot of people set themselves up to do things, not because they have a genuine desire to help, but because they're prideful. They want to be seen. They're looking for recognition. I don't do anything for recognition because, frankly, I can do without the stuff. I never needed it. I just wanted to be a person. I didn't need to be nobody to know my face. I didn't need anybody to know my name. I didn't need to have my names on the back of books. I'm just being transparent and level with you all. The cost that it has done to me and what it has ripped my life up from the ground up, I didn't need that. I was happy just being in anonymity forever in a day. In fact, I even said, I said, please don't do this to me. I don't want to go through any of that stuff. But it was not my choice. I had a calling that I have to answer to, and it has cost me everything. Yet there are people sitting on the fence who look at what you have done, look at the strides you have made, and become jealous, not knowing the cost. You don't want to hear my story, because if you heard my story, you would understand that there is pain to my process, extremely painful. The very people whom I trusted, the people, even people who were accomplished, my God, I thought they would never need to be are the ones who were just as jealous. Even people who had a hundred times more than I had, they were just as jealous. Why? Because it is in human nature for people not to want to share their wealth. They don't want to share the space. They don't want you to advance or have anything. I can speak to that because this is something I'm intimate with day after day after day until my circle is nil. Nobody. 
because it came to the point where when I looked around, there were maybe two or three people standing, and I'm like, no, please, dear God, please, no, not this one. Yes, that one. Took years, always in my ear. But, you know, you, you, you listen to it, and you listen to what they call, listen to this, listen to this, y'all, constructive criticism. Constructive criticism is masked words for I hate you and hate your process. Don't listen to that foolishness. People always come whispering in your ear, if you do this, and do this. How the heck do you know my process? Mentorship, you got to be careful of that. These were, this was someone who might trust it. But over the years, if when I listened to it, I knew there was something wrong with the words that she was saying. I knew there was something wrong with the delivery. But I excused it and charged it to her head, not her heart. Until one day, one day, took long enough. I said, you know something? Enough of this. Block, delete, and that's it. Don't even try to email me. I don't want to hear. Thought that was my ride or die. Thought that was my everything. But actions always speak louder than words. People can tell you they're for you, they're with you, but watch their actions. People will come, they will write your name in the sky. They will put up a billboard and say something. Watch their actions. Sometimes people will even come and befriend you. They wrap themselves up in a cloak of humility around you. You all need to be careful of these people because even the people you are serving can be jealous. Even your very own personal assistant can be jealous. People, they look at you. You see, the thing is, we see, my grandmother used to tell me this when I was growing up, and I never could understand it. I could never understand what she meant. But she used to say, you see someone's face, you don't see their heart. Girls, ladies, and gentlemen, you don't understand how I could not relate to that when I was growing up. Now, it is self-evident. You look at someone's face, you can't see what's taking place behind their eyes. You can't see what they're thinking. But know that you are there doing your best, trusting in people, and they're making recordings to go display you on the 7 o'clock news. Know that they come into your house, you think they're a friend, and they're stealing behind your back. Know that all the while, they're sitting there, envious of the attention, envious of your ability to get things done, envious of what you have done compared to what they have. And they're sitting there trying to tear you down. See, you can see behind me, I didn't realize I was erecting monuments to what I have done in the last 10 years. To me, there were just posters to remind the viewers that this is, these are my books. This is my project. This is what I do. To someone else, they're monuments of achievement. To me, I'm so busy doing it and creating it and making it happen. I don't have time to sit back and put an altar at what I have done. I'm too busy working to, because there's so much more I want to do. To someone else, how dare you? I remember years ago, uh, and, and criticisms and jealousy come from different people you would never believe. Years ago, there's a well-known family in the city of Detroit. One man is attached to them. And I was connected to uh, one of his family members. And so I guess that gave him access. And he walked up to me and said, how long have you lived in Detroit? And at the time, I had been here maybe 10 years. Yeah, it was 10 years now. It's been seven years now. And he said to me, you mean to tell me that in just 10 years, you've done all of this? And there are people who have been here, we've been here all our lives, fighting to do this, and you've done it in 10 years? The way he said it and the look on his face, I was taken aback. Because I looked at them as if they're a family who have done stuff and have achieved stuff. Why would you be jealous of a young young woman with two children trying to do something? Yet, it was jealousy. Once, by this time, what he didn't know, I had come to recognize the signs and symptoms. Out of his mouth came those words. Baby, I was 
out of there. I cut off. Boop, boop. I don't want to hear that. Don't need that. Do you hear what I'm saying? Jealousy comes in many forms. It comes like admiration. It comes like support. I'm here for you. You ever have those people who come and say they're here for you, but they're missing an action? Or every action they tell you ends up leading to another world? Or, get, get this one, the ones who come and tell you if you don't do it their way, they're not going to support you. Why is your support of me conditional to me doing it exactly your way? Has it occurred to you that maybe I have a vision? That maybe I want to have some, I have some input in it? Have you ever heard those? They come and you're all not, you're all silent. So I know that means you are identifying with it. Shocking some of you. You go back in your history and you look at some of the people whom you used to think were on your side and in your corner. And now you realize that's where it came from. They were jealous of your youth, your vivaciousness. They were jealous of your vitality. They were jealous of your looks. Look at it this way, folks. Even the physical attributes that you carry make people jealous. How are you going to be jealous of how someone looks and they don't have any control over that? I'm not talking about the people in Hollywood who go sign up to get uh, gender assignment and butt assignment and breast assignment and all kinds of nose assignment and all kinds of stuff. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you just the way you were born, the way you came out of your mother's womb. People are jealous of how you look. They're jealous of how you get to accomplish stuff. They're jealous that you have the dream. They're jealous you have the power to dream. And you dare to have the presence of mind and the drive and ambition to get it done. They're jealous. Be careful. Be careful. Some of them come in the name of the Lord and tell you they have a prophecy for you. Shut it down. That, as much as I thought I knew, that happened to me some time ago. And after, after I heard it, it, before it happened, I, I kept feeling like this person was going to tell me some stuff that was symptomatic of my situation, but it was coming from someone else who knew more about the situation. I smiled in their face, knowing they were lying and they had a lying tongue. After a while, I cut them off because you're not going to get a chance to don't come and speak lies to me that come from a jealous spirit. Even if you yourself are just repeating what someone tells you, you are the conduit of someone else's jealous lifestyle, someone else's jealous thoughts, someone who has jealous thoughts, but don't dare say it to me because they don't want me to know they're jealous because they what? They want to pretend in front of my face. They're the pretenders. So they send somebody else to come and tell you. You ever had that happen to you? You wonder what, you, you, you know, but when you hear it, you say, that sounds familiar. And especially in my, in, in, when the person, the person who is telling you, they don't know anything about you. They don't know you. They didn't do any research. So you know this is the criticism that is coming from someone who is familiar. So who is the person we know in common? you got to be smart and have wisdom. you got a dream. You have something to do that nobody else in your family does. Don't expect them to support you. This ain't Hollywood. Everybody is not on your team. They're not going to line up behind you and create a marching band or have a tribe or have a cheerleading circuit to cheer you on. Don't expect that. Even your very parents will discourage you. Even your parents will tell you to shut it down and not do it. Some of you are married to people who shut you down every time. They kill you. It's jealousy. I know a man in, in this town who wanted to set up a TV station, and he hired somebody whom he thought could get it done. I'm speaking to him right now, and he probably even listens to this. I told him about it, but he chose not to listen to me. What happened is his wife did not want him to advance because she feared losing her husband. Because if they set up this TV station, she probably thought they had enough wealth and they're very wealthy. So she didn't need him to have any more visibility so that other women could see him. The problem is I had known this guy for a while. And I can see through people's motives. So I was trying to put two and two together why the man he hired to help him set up the TV station wasn't doing anything. You know, it was by conversation I learned. It was coming from the wife. The wife didn't want it to happen. She, didn't, she became jealous of what she thought. She thought her husband would go away 
coupled with the man whom she hired, the man whom the husband hired, was jealous. Here's this man with all his wealth going to set up a TV station, something he had wanted to do because he had missed his turn to go to Hollywood. So now here comes this man. He has to bow down to this man's money. So that jealousy coupled with the wife who did not want her husband to go further because she feared losing him. I called the man who was setting up the TV station. I said, this is it for me. I said, you hired an income poop and an incompetent person. And I'm done. I don't want to be caught up in this. To this day, nothing has happened. The man in the midst of it is in his own world. Because what? He has two dissenting voices whom he trusts. One is his wife, who is feeding him whatever, while she's texting the friend and conniving and colluding with the friend to make sure that the project doesn't go forward. Are you hearing me? Some of you all are wondering why the stuff you tried to work on didn't work. You got to check your circle and don't be afraid. Check your feelers. Listen to what folks are saying. And when you go to bed at night, sit down and listen and think about it. You got to understand this stuff is real. I'm just being transparent. These are my experiences. Right? Listen to what folks are saying. Listen. Listen to what they're saying. Learn to discern. Listen, do less talking and more listening. Observe people's mannerisms and behavior when they're around you. You ever notice how some people, when you are in a rut and you call them thinking they're a friend and they crow on you? It's almost as if they're gleeful about what has happened to you. That's jealousy. They're happy to see you being dependent on them and needing them. Work your way out of that. One of the best ways to do that is have nothing to do with them at all. So whether you're up or down, I don't know. Some people just call you to check up on you. You ever heard that? Just checking on you. You know what they're doing? They're checking to see if what the knife they stabbed the last time, if it accomplished its work. I'm just being real with y'all. They're checking to see if you have made any progress since the last time when they tried to shut you down and stop you. So now they're going to come and be nice to you. Be, know that that is jealousy. And this is you sitting over here. I see you. And you're not going to get away with it this time. Learn to block people. Ignore texts. And when you get them on the phone, learn how to feed into their fury. <laughs> feed it. Get a laugh out of it. And then shake your head. Sometimes you get some text messages and some phone calls, and at the end of it, this is all you can do is, man, I just got to shake my head. I cannot believe. Would you believe? Have you ever found yourself saying that? Would you believe? You don't even have any control over that. Here you are. You're trying to stay healthy. How about this one? This, is, this one is going to make you laugh. You're trying to do your best to stay healthy because you look around you and you recognize the environment is polluted. There are so many toxins in everything we eat. Man, everything is bad for you. No, even an aspirin is bad because even though, even now, they found that aspirin has carcinogen in it. And then yet they tell people with high blood pressure and a stroke risk to take an aspirin a day. And you wonder why within five years they end up dying anyway because it has carcinogen, even an aspirin. So here you are trying your best to eat right, and live well. It's now become a, what my daughter calls a hipster movement. But I've been trying to do this all my life. I'm reaping the benefits of it. And people sitting back and looking at you. Why? Because I don't look morbidly obese. <laughs> right? Because I don't have jowls. And I don't have wrinkles. I've been trying my best to be the best version of myself. I am telling you all. Have you realized that trying to be the best version of yourself is a threat to others? You just need to show up. And I am, I kid you not, this has nothing, jealousy has nothing to do with someone else's wealth or their social standing. Nothing at all to do with it. They will become jealous of you just because you have a different idea and a different methodology to accomplish it. You got to be careful, y'all. I keep telling y'all, don't sell your process. Don't sell yourself out. Say it. I'm not going to sell myself out. 
say, I am not going to sell myself out. I am not going to give away my process. You ever had a boss who is always picking on you, always calling you in to ask you, what do you think about something? You know what? That person recognizes that you have answers. That person is tapping into your psyche and your mental processes and realize you're smart. So they, they get the answers from you and then go to the board to deliver it, and you don't get, you don't get any of the credit. And then eventually they're going to fire you because you're smarter than them and you're a threat. You ever been fired because of jealousy? Raise your hand. Years ago, I was working for a Christian TV station in Orlando, Florida. And uh, when they discovered that I was charismatic, because I was working as a receptionist, and when they discovered that I was charismatic, and that all the people who came into the TV station would talk about me to the to the owners of the TV station, the wife fired me. Because she thought her husband was going to like me. That's what they, the people around me told me. She said she just ran out of time. She didn't have liar. They hired, you know how I knew? I went back a few weeks later to pick up my check. The person who replaced me looked like, you know what, their face looked like the back of a bus. She knew exact jealousy. Jealousy. That green-eyed monster. Right? <laughs> Some of you are looking at me like, seriously, Harriet, you went there? Yeah. And this is Jealousy is in direct contradiction to the rules of life that Jesus Christ teaches because Jesus was surrounded by haters all day, every day. We all know that, right? Remember him, the man who walked in and they said, Hail, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Seven days later, what did they say? Kill him, crucify him. The same people who seven days before were hailing him at the same same people seven days later were saying, kill him. Jealousy. What transpired in between? Jealousy. Haters on the move. You got to be careful of the people who say they're calling in to check on you. When the last time they spoke to you, you had a meltdown? Or you were confessing that, no, oh, it didn't work, blah, blah, blah. And you notice that, why do I, why am I always talking to this person and nothing ever works? Because while they're listening to you, they're plotting. I watched a, a thing on Netflix recently where this poor woman did not know that her best friend, she was confiding in her best friend about her husband not giving her attention, wanting a divorce, and not paying her any attention, not knowing the best friend was who was sleeping with her husband this entire time. All the best friend wanted was to take her place. And she thought it took her a process. And I'm like, girl. You, you, how could you not see that? She was always around. She was always looking at him. She's always trying to insert herself into the same space. And let's face it, men, men have a dual nature. Men can be with two women all at the same time and care for each one equally. And it doesn't mean anything. They know how to switch one off or the other. It just doesn't work for most women. But it works for men. So the one was pushing him to an ideal, and the wife was unaware that it was her best friend. She kept saying, I feel like he's cheating on me, but I can't prove it. Be careful of your best friend when they start dressing like you. Because you're busy telling him everything, telling her everything about what your husband likes, what you do, what you don't do. She already knows how to press his pressure points. So she's looking back and saying, well, he doesn't like that. So if I don't do that, he will think I'm the one. Jealousy. They do that with your boss. You're confiding to them about what your boss likes and not likes. And then next thing you know, they get the promotion. They went to the boss and told the boss everything that you did and didn't say. And you're wondering why. And you're sitting there with egg on your face. Jealousy. Jesus said, Jesus, the thing I like about Jesus is when you look at his teachings, he didn't just say it, y'all. He did it, right? In his life as an example, he was good to even the people who hated him because he recognized that jealousy is destructive. Any of you feeling the bite of jealousy? You were both going to go to college together as friends, 
and they got an acceptance letter and they conspired so that you didn't get it. Anybody ever been cheated out of an opportunity? You ever hear the wannabe next uh, NFL players who were cheated out of opportunities by a jealous playmate? People push people down stairways so that they would have injuries. My God. People even kill people because they don't want them to have an opportunity. There are plenty of people sitting in prison right now who are guilty because they were jealous. They're guilty of murdering, but the biggest guilt they face is the guilt of jealousy. They're sitting there because they wanted to kill somebody else because they didn't want them to to rob them of an opportunity. Jealousy. They did not want them to have something. There are plenty of women today who are sitting with somebody else's husband. They were jealous of somebody else having that man, and they wanted to have it. I keep telling you all, the same thing is true of your men. You have the same problem. You're not immune. You have a woman. She's desirable to a lot of the people around you, and you don't even realize it. And they're looking at you and the life that you've built with her. And if they can find a way to get in there and destroy it, they will. Be careful. Set up a guard and a hedge. Talk to Have your own intimate relationships. And while you're doing that, know who people are. Many of us are deceived by people we have known for a long time because you say, well, why would you, why would they? We have something, you know, they're accomplished. It doesn't matter. As long as you're doing something that they're not doing, that sets in place jealousy. Sometimes people are so silly, you're jealous of someone and you can't even do what they do. So what, why are you even jealous? They're jealous of the attention. There are some people who are what I call attention whores. Yes, attention whores. They'll do anything for attention. They will slip a table in a restaurant for attention. And just because you walk in the same space, you don't have to flip a table. You don't have to do anything. You just need to show up and all eyes are on you. They become jealous. There are men today who won't be with women because they're jealous of the woman's accomplishments. I've heard that so many times. I'm like, finally, you all wake up and see what I've been saying. There are men today who don't want, I don't want to be around her. I can't be with her. And she's this. No, what it is, you are jealous of her accomplishments because you're comparing yourself to her. There are men who are saying, well, if I'm with her, all the spotlight will be on her, not on me. And I am the star. I'm supposed to be the spotlight. And you think this stuff doesn't happen. I heard Kathy Lee Gifford in an interview say that has happened to her since her husband died. She tried dating. And she's like, I give up. Once the right man comes along, forget it. Because they all said, you've done so much. You have so much. You've done so much. And if I'm with you, I would just get lost. That's jealousy. Hello? Jealousy in your intimate spaces. Jealousy. Or when they can't be jealous, when they can't extricate you from it, then they try to control you. Do you really have to go to that? I kid you not, for years, I didn't date people or marry anybody because I didn't want them to set boundaries on what I felt like I should do because I could see it in them. I'm like, no, we're not the same because you're not going to celebrate me when I accomplish something. You're going to try to prevent me from going near it. Jealousy. It's so petty that even the way you sound, the way you speak, people hate you for just who you are. Your very existence is a threat to others. It's jealousy. And I'm not saying to you that you need to bend over backwards for them to slap you on your butt and give up anything. I am saying be mindful of their actions. But if they find themselves in need, still do it. But that doesn't mean you embrace them and bring them in to your intimate circle because that's giving them more access to put another knife through your chest. Just do like Jesus did. Still be good to them because it's no oil off your back. Shake it off. It's no oil off your back. And even people who are highly placed and people who have great wealth and stature, they don't want you coming near their stuff because if you come near it, chances are you're going to remove them from their power. There's all sorts of jealousy. Jealousy for your look, your complexion, jealousy for your hair, your eye color, the things that you and I are looking at like seriously. I didn't even have control over that. Whether you're tall or short, Did you know 
that attractive people have the hardest time in life. Did you all know that? Attractive people don't get hired because attractive people experience jealousy from people who don't consider themselves to be attracted or who are not celebrated because they're not as attractive compared to someone else. Attractive people. A friend of mine told me a story like this years ago. I, I, I thought it didn't happen in those environments, but he was a medical doctor, a young medical doctor. He was a resident in a hospital system here in Metro Detroit. And he told me that female doctors like himself who had just graduated medical school, right, and who were pursuing their residency and who were good looking, he said they had the hardest time from the nurses and the other people around them because it's a team. Medicine is a team, it's teamwork, total teamwork, right? No one person does it all, right? And he said eventually those women said they're just going to start their own private practice because they don't have to put up with that. They went to medical school, so they thought they could get away from it, and instead they encounter extreme, they encounter the same forms of petty jealousy that prevented them from doing what they have to do. You all experience it. Don't, don't, don't just look at me and leave me standing out here like, mm, that's just on you. No, it happens to you too. You just haven't recognized it because it would blow your mind to find out that the person who's been your best friend for over 30 years is jealous of you. It's going to blow your mind when you really sit back and realize some of the decisions you've made are as a direct result of the influence of that person who has been leaning in your ear for years and decades. They even told you how, what, to do, what to do with your children. You're wondering why you and your children are so estranged, why you and your wife can't get along. They're jealous. Some of you are even dating people who are jealous of you. Some of you are dating people whom your friends don't like because they don't want to see you have the best. You start dating someone and they're like, oh, she has him? Oh, he has her? Cut it out. Learn to recognize it. It's around you, and it's subtle, and it's insidious. But there's one thing it's going to do. If you're not careful, it will destroy you. You've got to be careful. Watch out for it. Some of us take people into our circles. I had one friend. She wasn't a friend. Seriously. And I tried. You know, I really I liked her. So I really thought that she was a good friend, you know, that kind of thing. Hmm. No, she confessed. She said, I can't be around you because you're doing what I want to do that I'm not doing. And I can't be around you because I have issues with that. At least she was honest. Don't you think? She's jealous. So I asked the question, have you done the work? What have you done? Have you paid the price? Have you done the sacrifice? No answer. Then there's your answer. I paid the price. I did the sacrifice. See, many are called, but few are chosen. A lot of people feel that they're called, but it's the ones who are chosen who get the most fight. Because those are the ones whom the pressure is on. Those are the ones who must succeed. And if they're determined to succeed at all costs, they will win. But the fight, the fight. So I want to encourage you today, if you've experienced jealousy, know that it is not a hallmark of Christianity. It's not the teachings of Jesus Christ. He even encouraged even folks like me who struggle when people act out their jealousy towards me. I have to constantly remind myself, forgive, forgive, forgive. Sometimes I have to say, here you, here you, here you. I'm like, Jesus, hold me. Forgive them because it's not a hallmark of Christianity. It's not what Jesus said. He said, still do good to them. And he taught us to not be jealous and envious of one another because it destroys relationships. Right? So be very careful. Today's Sunday. Go out and enjoy Sunday. Right? Thanks so much for joining me. This is Harriet Kemet with Down to Earth. Continue to enjoy other podcasts on our other platforms, Anchor FM, as well as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spreaker, I'm on so many platforms now I've lost count. But anywhere your favorite podcast platform is, continue to enjoy us. And while you're at it, click on support this podcast. Help us to continue to be a blessing to so many others who are letting us know how much we're helping them. 
Thank you so much, everybody. I'll be back tomorrow on our regularly scheduled Monday through Friday experience as we continue to talk about the issues that matter. Today, have a down-to-earth day, right? Are we going to try? We're certainly going to try. Thanks so much, everybody. Be blessed. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday, everybody. Be blessed. This is Harriet Kamek with Down to Earth. Hey, everybody. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.